0: Hi, hello, and welcome to the Disobedient Business Podcast. I'm Lucy. And I'm Pippa. And this is the Disobedient Business Podcast, the funny as fuck podcast for business owners who are tired of the business bullshit and ready to fuck shit up and make money doing it. Join us as we dig into all the parts of running a service-based business, from marketing and HR to tech support and operations. We'll take a look at what the conventional wisdom would like you to do and help you to find the disobedient ways to do it better. Hi, 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 and welcome back to the Disobedient Business Podcast. So, it's Pippa here, and we have a little bit of a departure from the norm. If you can even call it a norm after 12 episodes, I am here alone. It's just me. No Lucy this week. So, I am here to talk to you around all these shiny launches that you see in this fun online business space that looks shiny from the outside, as per usual. But all we're seeing is the glitz and the gazillion figure claims. We're not seeing what goes on behind closed doors. So I want to unpack some of the shiny and see what we disobedient business owners can take from that and Lord, also potentially, which bits we are going to throw away entirely. So the title of this episode is The Five Things Nobody Tells You About the Shiny Gazillion Figure Launches, right? And I want to go through those individual five things and just kind of talk through them with a bit of a real lens, right? With a bit of a lens of the 97% of folks that are in the online business space selling and offering their products and services rather than from the lens of the 3%, and I will let you read into the 3% as you wish. So, thing number one, the things nobody tells you about their shiny gazillion figure launch number one. They have teams, sometimes big teams, in the background doing 90% of the admin, of the tech setup, of the socials, of writing the launch emails, of customer service queries, of pretty much everything for the vast majority. The only thing that the figurehead of businesses of that type is actually doing is showing up and being seen for the purposes of actually selling their programs or their products. Now I'm not saying that's necessarily a wrong thing because many of us aspire to grow to a size where we have a team and then we take some of the things that are either not within our zone of genius or. Frankly, even if we're good at them, we hate doing them, so we'd rather somebody else did, right? But if you are a company of one, or even if you have just a little bit of help right now, you are quite likely to be the person that is doing the systems, that is doing the tech setup, that is writing the socials, that's writing every last one of those launch emails, that's answering the customer service questions. And you so often want to be ahead and have it all together, but you also so often find that you are firefighting through the whole thing and it is fucking exhausting. So if you're at the state of your business where support isn't an option yet, then this is all about being prepared. This is giving yourself the time, the organisation that you need so that you get to show up in your launch and not be firefighting in the background and then on your knees when it comes to actually Starting to deliver the amazing thing that you're actually launching. So, what does that actually mean in practice? Well, it means having enough time to get things together. It means having a launch plan that isn't an arbitrary two weeks or an arbitrary three months that has been mapped out based on the time that you have, the resources that you have, the time of year that it is, just really basically taking account of where you are in your business right now and how you're in a position to be able to show up. Because the more organized and the more structured you are, and I know for those free-flowing folks out there who just like to do things on the hoof, this will feel restrictive, right? But the thing about being organized and the thing about having some structure is it allows you to be creative and spontaneous in the places where you want to be, rather than spending that time firefighting and trying to get things together and organised in the moment, which I can assure you is the biggest suck of creativity and spontaneity that you can possibly imagine. So coming on to the second thing, the thing that nobody tells you about there, shiny gazillion figure launch number two. So apart from having a team that does a lot of the work, these folks also have tried and tested rinse and repeat systems, right? And I don't mean tech now when I say systems, although tech will inevitably be involved in that. I mean a way of doing things that will inevitably involve some tech, but the tech isn't actually the system, right? So here's the thing. This is one place where we can definitely learn something from these big glitzy launches. And you absolutely do not have to be planning a big glitzy launch yourself if you want to take this lesson into your business. But it's about systems. And <laughs> before any longtime listeners think, oh God, no, not systems. Where's the swearing and the fun and the laughing, etc." It's fine. But the swearing and the fun and the laughing will return. But systems are your friend. They really are. Systems, as I said a minute ago, give you the freedom in your launch to show up in the biggest version of yourself rather than being head in the sand around all of the things that need to be going on in the background that are not quite as you would like them to be yet. So, for your first launch of something, it's about planning things out and getting as organized as you can and launching the shit out of that thing, right? And it doesn't make any difference whether you work with a coach, a launch strategist, and all of those folks will be in a position to be able to help you hugely. You never quite know where how that first launch is going to go. You never quite know which bits of the launch are going to work, which bits of your communications plan are going to work, which bits of your emails are going to connect with people. If you do some kind of launch activity, like a masterclass or a challenge or, or whatever, you don't know... For sure, what's going to work and what isn't. It is an exercise always in experimentation. So if it's the first time that you've launched something, I think the most important thing is to be as organized as you can, be as flexible as you can, and come at it from the point of view of learning. Learning and fine-tuning. If you are committed to the thing, if you are absolutely positive that this is one of or the thing that you want to be doing in your business and it sets your heart on fire and it's something that's really important to you and it's really important to your community, then it is worth your time and your energy practicing and experimenting and finding the best way to launch, right? So the second part of that is before you even launch the thing, is planning into your calendar anything up to a whole day of debriefing your launch, even if it's on your own. This is not the situation where we get the whole team around the table and we get to do a debrief because I would like to think that if you're at the point where you have a whole team around the table, metaphorical table or otherwise, this is probably, this learning has already happened. You've already evolved your launch system, if you like, to a point where you're looking at the finer tuning of that kind of thing rather than anything else. But if you're in your first, second or possibly even third launch of a particular program, plan in time to debrief. What went well in terms of systems, in terms of communications, in terms of onboarding folks, in how you welcome people into whatever the the program is that you're offering? What didn't go so well and what would you like to change? Have a look at your timeline. Do you need a longer lead time or do you need a shorter lead time in your launch? Is it hard keeping the energy up or actually was it all packed into a period of time that just wasn't sustainable for you. You needed more time to be able to talk to people or more time for people to be able to sit with a decision before they would actually choose to sign up. And the most, most important thing to come out of a debrief is once you've understood what you would change, what you would improve, how you would do it differently next time, is map this all out into a repeatable system. You don't have to be a gazillion figure business in order to have repeatable systems. You do not have to have tech coming out of your ears in order to be able to build repeatable systems. It's A system is just something that has lots of individual tasks or processes within it that takes people or, or situations from A through to Z, from pre-launch through to taking part in the program. And for you to be able to do that again, to go into your next launch with not just a system that works, that has a timeline built into it, that has resources built into it, but that you have built all of your learning from past launches into there, then you will go into every launch feeling that little bit more confident. So I'm not suggesting that nothing changes. I'm also not suggesting that if you had a program that you launched quarterly, for example, that you wouldn't want to take a slightly different approach Depending on the quarter, because if you are a service-based business, or actually if you're a product-based business, what people will respond to at different points of the year will be very dependent on the kind of activities or the kind of promotions that you might do around programs. So, for example, if you're a service-based business and it's January, certain things might work better than they would running into the summer holidays. Or obviously, if you flip that, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, because obviously that is is the summer holidays. If you're a product-based business and you're launching in the autumn then you're, depending on what your product is, obviously, you've got Christmas in mind. And not just from the point of view, are you selling things for Christmas, but you're thinking about people's decision-making into the run-up to Christmas, right? And for that repeatable system, bonus points, if you can plug it into a project management system of some sort with time-specific tasking, so you really can, when you come to launch again, just spend a couple of hours reviewing Everything, making sure it all still works, building anything that's kind of time of the year specific into that, and then off you go. Project management systems doesn't have to be anything massively complicated. You've got everything from Trello, Asana, ClickUp, and all sorts of other things beside. It could even be a Google document, right? Or a Google Sheet with a timeline sort of Gantt chart style. Whatever floats your boat, having something that says this is where I am in my launch and this is the activity that I need to be doing right now is cannot tell you how valuable that is as a resource. So the things nobody tells you about their shiny gazillion figure business launch number three is that feeling that it's really easy to come to where you think they have a huge community and you don't. And so it looks so easy for them, right? So I want to dispel this numbers myth and say, Unless you are launching a £10 thing that you would like 2,000 people to buy, then you do not need a huge community. You need an engaged community that you give a shit about and that love the work that you are doing in the world. So ask yourself before you even entertain going into a launch, or if when you're debriefing your launch, how can I better engage with my existing community so that when I do launch my stuff... If it's right for them at the time and it's within their financial means, buying my products or services will be a no-brainer. So often I see business owners, myself included, to be fair, heading into a launch period having done almost no preparation in the weeks and months running up to the launch. They drift from fully on it for the launch period to pretty much total silence for months and months, and then back again. And nothing looks like you really don't care about anything other than making the sale, like ghosting your community until you want them to buy something. And I'm pretty confident that, for those of you listening to this podcast, that this isn't true at all. But intentional or otherwise... Building and nurturing relationships is the single most important thing you can do in your business, I believe. But as a person who wants to be in relation with other people, not just for the sale. And that means finding your equilibrium outside of the launch periods. So all of your visibility and your socials people and what have you will go on and on about consistency in social media and consistency and so on. And yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with them. But what I would say is, Find the level of consistency in terms of building relationships, and that doesn't necessarily mean social media at all, that works for you. And make sure that whilst it may ebb and flow, that you don't just disappear completely. And certainly you don't just disappear completely in the run-up to a launch and then come back with a big, ta-da! And expect everybody to go, yeah, of course I want to buy your thing. But like, where have you been for the last six months? And kind of coming back to the beginning of my point about the numbers game, I think it's important to say here that although I am not advocating for a numbers game when it comes to launches, taking steps between launches to bring new folks into your world and building out the number of people that could go on to be your future clients and customers is pretty key. But it's not just a numbers game. The how and the when matters too. Which brings me on to number four. Your pipeline and your funnel need love and attention. And I can tell you for now, all those glitchy launches that we've been talking about, they have funnels up the wazoo. So if you've listened to previous episodes of the pod or you are a business pal of mine, you will know that these two terms make me want to vomit. Funnel and pipeline. As they feel... Well, amongst many other business terms, they feel really dismissive of our clients and our community's humanity. And it kind of feels like they reduce us to pounds and pence rather than people. But let's get into what I'm talking about. So if you're not familiar with the phrase pipeline, <laughs> other than in the context of protests over running oil versions of them in the world, in a sales sense, the phrase pipeline is talking about the stage in which people are at in their journey towards. Buying from you. So it probably applies and is a bit more relevant to a one to one situation if you're a service based business and would have stages in it like pre inquiry, sales call, sent proposal, for example. And essentially, people, usually referred to as leads in a pipeline, get warmer or in more human terms, more likely to buy from you the further along the pipeline they get. So if you kind of apply that notion to a say a group program what we're actually talking about is where are all the people in your community at and what i mean by that is of say a hundred people in your community who has downloaded that amazing freebie that you have who has joined your free facebook community who has bought that little 10 pound 25 pounds product or service from you That gives them a taste of what it's like to work with you. Who has signed up to that masterclass that you ran last quarter? And the reason that all of those things matter, because actually when I list them out like that, they all sound entirely separate and like individual activities, right? Is that the reason it matters is that it's more common for someone to go on to sign up for your big program, your signature program, if you like, if they already have a taste of what it's like to work with you. Going from zero to, say, a £1,500 investment, for example, is not unheard of. It's not unheard of at all. But it's a much easier decision for someone if they already feel like they're in a safe pair of hands and they have some actual experience of that safe pair of hands, right? And that is where your funnel, or in friendlier terms, where having a system for helping people access the full extent of the free and paid support that you can provide them will support all of your future launches and it doesn't have to be some huge complex diagram that makes your head want to spin around and come off it can just be a simple journey of how you would like to share your stuff in the world like for example a simple flowchart of i'd like people to arrive in my orbit or community through here and then i would love to direct them onto here And then I would love to share this with them. And I would love them to end up there. And yeah, that's a sales funnel. That is in the simplest of terms, a, how I walk people through the front door, take them on a tour around the house and then end up in the kitchen because that's where the snacks are. Right. In, in the simplest possible way, you are helping them to get where you want them to go. Sure. But also, actually, you're also being of service because by taking them on a tour around the living room and taking them up to show them the main bedroom and taking them on a wander around the garden to show the new vegetable patch that you're growing, you are providing them with things that support them. And maybe they want to grow vegetables, right? You're providing them with all of the free resources or any of the kind of support that's free or really low cost. that supports them in the work that you want to do in the world so there's absolutely no shade there's absolutely no issue with having provided all of that that kind of guidance and support that when you are then coming to your community that individual person and saying hey i've got this amazing thing this amazing new product or this amazing service that all of those things all that kind of tour around the garden that i gave you etc this thing would really just take your desire for a vegetable patch and you'd have a new allotment. This is, is all things about growing vegetables and raising bees and Lord alone knows what else. I'm taking this metaphor and running with it. Can you tell? But having some intention around that journey, particularly as it relates to that launch that you know is coming in how many months time is so important. You are basically saying, look, if you go back to that quarterly notion, if you had a program that you launched quarterly. It's coming back to that idea that, okay, so if I'm launching in, I don't know, let's say January, April, June, et cetera, the things that need to happen between January and when I open the doors to this particular thing next time are X, Y, and Z. And for something that you were launching that frequently, you'd really be in a position to be able to kind of fine tune that kind of how to launch and really get it right. There's lots of opportunity for experimentation and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't. But what happens in between is more important than the actual launch. If you go into a launch ready to go, buy my thing, come on, buy my thing, then it's too late. The preparation work, the laying the ground, the having people have a desire for the thing that it is that you're launching, the opportunity for that has passed at that point. And there's so little talked about in that respect. It's actually not so much about the launch, it's about the pre-launch and it's about Even the pre-launch, it's about the preparation that goes into the time in between. So final thing, the thing that nobody told you about these shiny gazillion figure launches number five, is that you get to be a human. There, I said it. I'm not taking it back. You are not a robot. And so expecting yourself to show up as one really isn't going to happen, right? So you need to plan your launches in a way that work for you. So maybe you are someone who has small children around, and so school holidays are a consideration. Maybe you're someone like myself, who is perimenopausal, and as a result, energy could be somewhat interesting in terms of whether you actually have any or not. Whatever your personal circumstances are, you need to first honour those. It may be that you're a neurodiverse person, and the launching in peaks and troughs is about the only way that you're going to be able to launch something because your go fluctuates so substantially from hour to hour let alone day to day whatever your particular flavor of human is you're going to need to plan your launch to work with that and plan in time to rest build in time to work around your cycle where you can you know if that's something that has a significant impact on your life then working your launch to work with your cycle would be absolutely brilliant and i think Above all, put in as much time, if not more time, into looking after yourself during your launch than into your actual launch activities. For a lot of reasons, really. Firstly, because you're a human and you get to have that. And there doesn't have to be a reason for it. But also because a rested, well-balanced human with a regulated nervous system who is doing things that bring themselves joy and pleasure and fun wow, that is a human that you want to buy shit from, right? That is a human that you love the way they show up. Their energy is contagious. And they haven't done that on purpose. They are just, well, they may have done, but for the most part, they haven't done that on purpose. They are, they're just caring for themselves and they're looking after themselves first. And if I could wrap this up with anything more significant, and that would be because you are a human and you continue to get to be a human during your launch. You can't always do all things, right? It might be that you have the intention to... Have personal conversations with some folks that you know that the, your program would be particularly amazing for, or that you've spoken to it about them in the past. If you are having a hectic day, or you are having a really low energy day, or you're in a slump, or has been the case from my point of view the last couple of weeks, the heat in the UK has been horrendous. So, this episode is going out on Tuesday, the 23rd of August, I believe. And so the heat wave has mercifully been gone by a week by the time you're hearing this. But I'm recording this at the tail end of the last heat wave, and we are not used to 35 plus degree temperatures in the UK. And this particular perimenopausal body cannot deal with anything above about 25, 26. So for the most part, that's rendered me almost useless most days. I've had to manage my time and my energy around times of the day that are cool and... (laughs) hide in the bathroom. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But it's almost come to that. Find opportunities for being in pools and lakes and seas as much as I possibly can just to get through those few weeks. Now that might sound a bit dramatic, but that has actually been my reality for the last two weeks. We are in the middle of a launch at the moment, which I'm sure you will know if you've been listening to the podcast recently. The doors are currently open for the Disobedient Business Mastermind, which kicks off again on the 5th of September. And so that's not convenient, is it really, if you think about it? Having two weeks where you're not functioning all that well, those two weeks really don't lend themselves to just pushing through, just keeping going, just send those messages, just make those calls. Because when it's not just a case of not feeling like it, it's when you're feeling crappy, you get to be a human. And I think therefore the trick might be, building that in, building that breathing space in where you need it to your launch. So the better you get to know yourself, the better you get to understand yourself, the better you can plan those things to fit you rather than expecting yourself to fit into some kind of launch system that's laid down by somebody else that tells you, you must do this and then you must do that. And if you don't do those things, you're not going to be successful because I'm absolutely positive there is a way of being successful in your launch in a way that honours you and works with your patterns rather than somebody else's. So yeah, that's, that's it for today, folks. I hope you've enjoyed me riffing entirely on my own, talking to myself in an empty room about launches and the things that I see in these gazillion figure launches. I would love to know. Send us a message on social media and let us know what you've taken from it and if there's anything that you'll be implementing in your business. In the meantime, I will see you again next Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share the love either by leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify or by tagging us on Instagram. You can get more Disobedient Business content by following us at Disobedient Business Co on Instagram or why not take the Disobedient Business Quiz and find out just how disobedient your business is at disobedientbusiness.com forward slash quiz.